This episode of the Council of the Wise Developers. We'll discuss tech interviewing. Since everyone loves tech interviews, and the status quo tech interview is widely considered to be a fair screening practice, will we even have anything to discuss? Then we'll play a game, given an inspiring quote, is it from an entrepreneur or a cult leader? Then the head of the council, Enoch Wise, will interview Rod Dannon, founder and CEO of Prentice. I'm Johnny McCodes, Speaker of the Council. Let the Council's wisdom tingle your earlobes. Welcome to this gathering of the Council of the Wise Developers. I have with me Morgan. Hello, Morgan. Hello. And we have Gil Bates. Welcome, Gil. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about something that's very, uh, I'm gonna, I would say, near to the hearts of developers, but... Um, raises fire and rage in the hearts of developers might be more accurate. We're going to talk about the interview process. Perhaps like actors, uh, software developers slash software engineers have to quote unquote audition to get a job, prove that they can do the job by going through a semi-structured process of phone screen, um, technical questions slash take home slash whiteboarding interview and then maybe some behavioral questions such as tell me about a time that you overcame a challenge and then maybe you get a job offer for something in the six figures so to start it off do either of you feel that the interview process or software developers works great yes on no. opposite day <laughs> uh, got him I did to prepare for this Google tech interviews and there's not a single, I actually did a Google search, are tech interviews not broken? And there were no results. It's all tech interviews are broken. Tech interviews are broken. So like, why are they broken? Well, they expect often a single approach or a single type of, I guess, way of thinking or a very specific type of schedule that a person would have meaning for free time. So with take homes, they assume you have time and you can do things at home with uh, showing your GitHub. They assume you have things you can show with on sites or sorry, live whiteboarding. They assume that you are able to walk someone through something that you write in the moment as you write it. So just a lot of one size fits all. You know, to add on to that, I don't even think, um, they're standardized. One of the experiences I had while interviewing was um, it was some guy clearly not fit to interview any developer. He had like a packet of pre-approved questions to ask. And Wait, uh, an actual physical packet, a pile of paper? A physical a pile of paper. Always a great and sign like, when someone walks in with yeah. a packet. I had to walk in. I just see this packet. I'm like, oh, it's probably like resumes. And that was a booklet of questions. And he's flipping through it. And he, like, finds one that he likes, shows it to me. He's like, what's wrong with this, like, for loop? And I'm like, it's missing a semicolon. And he, like, pulls out another packet, his answer packet, looks through. He's like, yeah, that's right. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, re I'm ready for, like, round two. And he, like, he, like, well, yeah, he, he shuts his answer packet. He's like, great, you have any questions for me? I'm like, is... Um, no <laughs> I don't. Yeah, how many times have you had that experience where you uh, feel you killed an interview and you're like 
I shouldn't I shouldn't be doing this well. This is too soon. Yes, I mean, oddly enough, three times all at the same company cuz and that's where I, it I, works I, now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I go into the next round and I'm like, "Okay, like, you know, first like that was a fluke, but this one's an on-site interview." So, you know, um the first one was like a campus interview. I was in college. Uh second one's on-site, so I'm like, "Okay, like Here's where they find out I'm a phony because imposter syndrome. I'm sure we'll touch upon that, you know, in a future episode. And I go into the first room, this beautiful conference room, different guy, sit down, ready to be exposed, big old whiteboard. He pulls out the same packet. He pulls out the same packet and asks me the same question. I didn't want to correct him, obviously. So I take my time on this one to show that I'm really thinking answer it the same way it's missing a semicolon he throws me a curveball by asking a second question in the same packet it's like an off by one error thing and then he's like great you have any questions for me i'm like no like let's move on to the second wait round. hold on did you not have any questions for them both times i didn't know i didn't even know what to ask i think i asked like how his day was or something but nothing like really technical higher um well Pretty much, because I move on to the third guy. So I'm like, all right, there's no way he's going to pull out a packet. And to my credit, I was right. He didn't. He just went straight to the, you have any questions for me? After he asked about how my day was, and that was it. There was nothing <laughs> technical on that one. So ended up getting that job. And obviously taking it, because that was the easiest interview, like, of course. Um, yeah, we should have a... If, if there's red flags ever present, like... Take that job. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's that packet, yeah. Take the job. You'll do great. Boop, 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 boop. Now let's hear from our sponsor, Spam Connect. Spam Connect is the best networking site for professionals. Finally, all the healthy incentives of social media mixed with the unbiased power dynamics of the office. Spam Connect. We, uh, we don't have a rampant fraud problem. Have either of you taken a take-home challenge and had a good experience? Define good. <laughs> uh, look back on the experience and don't regret having done the take-home challenge. Uh, I mean, I've done two take-home challenges in my career. And... I put a lot of thought into the design. So from that perspective, I don't regret it, but I don't like take homes. Yeah. I avoid a job. If it says you got to do the take home portion of it, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that because I don't want to take work home. Why would I take an interview home? As we covered in the last episode, you're already looking for reasons not to work. That's right. Why would you want to do it for free? In my spare time. Exactly. Exactly. God, and the worst part about those take-home ones is they always ask something ridiculous. Like, I don't know if you've had this experience, Morgan, but one of mine was like, here's this take-home. You have three days to do it. Like, implement basically Microsoft Excel in C. And I'm like, no, I'm what not going to do this. Yeah. I had the same thing. It was web and mobile YouTube. Three yeah. whole days. Wait, Crazy. rebuild YouTube in web and mobile? Yeah, well, basically a YouTube-like player, and they also specified the technologies you had to use to build it. That almost sounds like a 
let's see if we can get someone to build our video platform for us type question. Yeah. I don't know how many confirmed cases of this, but there's the horror story that secretly startups are getting people to do their tickets for them in these take homes. I don't know if that's true. It's my gut tells me it is. Yeah, I, I don't think that was the case there, but it was the first time I stopped an interview process early. How did that feel? Great. Gil Bates, you said earlier there's a problem with lack of standardization. Right. So is, yeah. Do you think there's a way that take-homes, well, there's the not getting paid to work part, but what if take-homes could be standardized? Would that make them more palatable? I wouldn't even say take-homes. I'd say more like, what's the purpose of interviewing someone? It's to see if they will work on your team well, right? So what do you do day-to-day? Code reviews, merge requests, you know, things like that. Those are the things that we should be asking in interviews. Um, have, Can you have go your... to a meeting and not really pay attention and goof off? That's right. You have to, like, code something, but do it while a product owner is talking to you. Let's see how efficient you are. I just had a great idea. Have a board game, and it's a sprint in the board game, and have everybody play through the sprint and see how well you get along. That could work. Well, this is getting meta. So you're saying, like, have the interview be to create a game that represents the day-to-day? No, the interview is playing the game. Like, the biggest thing is how well do you work on the team, but almost everywhere I've interviewed doesn't focus on that at all. Right. Yeah, that's that's my whole point. It's, um... We've had some people who have been, like, great, like, at whiteboarding problems, and then they don't know how to, like, review pull requests, or they don't know how to... Um, you know, just do things that you really need them to do day to day. So I feel like whiteboard interviews are almost antiquated. Like you should ask a couple, but more likely than not, you're not rewriting binary search. But if you can find out what's wrong with the search algorithm, like that still shows that, you know, binary search. Um, And it's easier. It's like more of our job to find out what's wrong than what's right. Hmm. So this is kind of, this sounds like an outdated idea, but why don't we just have certifications for this stuff? So you can kind of like do your take home once and then you have that token that proves you can do the work and you can pass it around everywhere. And you get, instead of having to do a take home at every different company, you invest the time once to prove you can do the job. And then it's just about fit and showing that you can work on the team, but just get rid of the part where you have to prove your quote-unquote technical which is itself a problematic concept but why can't we just do that well i think the tests still assume a certain type of mindset and an approach also access to the certifications might be limited also are you saying on the the certain style it's like like the certification rewards like a test athlete approach to coding right or if if someone has adhd or some other kind of right um also 
uh, access to the certificates and it just being a certification, I think, makes it easier to go through candidates quickly, which may mean that bias is heightened rather than lessened. Mm. And uh, You're assuming that companies care about uh, lowering bias, though. Well, I think companies will think that there's no way this standard system can be better than whatever ad hoc system they have. So we'll just end up with a bunch of different certifications. Competing standards. That's never been done in the industry. Um, Honestly, we should just do the packet method. Everyone just gets a big packet of questions that you're allowed to ask or just pass out the cracking the coding interview book and... Mm -hmm. We're good. Just make it a standardized test. Well, yeah, that's the other thing I like about whiteboarding interviews is the company has to put in the same amount of time and resources that I am, whereas something Mm. like a certification or a take-home, I put in all the work and learn nothing. That's what bugs me about take-homes is that I do all the work and then I sort of front-load my output and then I have to have faith that they're going to treat it fairly and actually pay attention to it. Which, as it happens, they haven't every time I've done a take-home. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone knows if you can reverse a string, then you're the best... You're, yeah, you're the best software developer there is. <laughs> That's it, yeah. That's all it takes. Well, you know, there's this... Uh, you know, I, I read a lot on this to prepare to make sure I had titillating questions to throw at you, too. But um, there's this myth that somehow if you that there's developers out there who can't do Fizzbuzz. Which I guess you would think anyone who could code must be able to figure out Fizzbuzz, but what what if there's a legit case where someone, for some reason, can code, but just can't do Fizzbuzz one day? There's uh, interviewing.io, alien learner startup. She has a pretty good blog. And one of the posts she put up is that there's a lot of volatility in tech interviewing. Uh, I think she had data on this that there's like a one through four scale of performance and that even really good performers who have hit fours on the one to four scale will still occasionally put in a two so i would think like the big problem with tech interviewing is companies don't have to pay the cost of false negatives which might be baked into the system yeah i think that's true but at the same time it's maybe less realistic to focus on the potential for a company to revisit a false negative to make sure that that was the case versus uh, going back to bias and making sure the company itself isn't generating negatives that don't exist. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if, if a company has like a, you can reapply whenever you want, like you can't do FizzBuzz, you need some way to like weed people out, right? Um I mean, we have it in other places. Like, why should the software industry be treated differently? Like, we have to take exams to get into college. And not arguing those are right or wrong, but they exist because you need to have something to quantify people by. And I feel like FizzBuzz is, like, the lowest barrier of entry to do that. Introducing the Enoch Wise Online Coding Academy. Learn from one of the greatest programmers to ever live. I learned Haskell when I was six months old and was a CTO of my first company at uh, 12 years old. 
Other coding boot camps just try to get you a job. The Enoch Wise Online Coding Academy helps you to become a superior prick. As a master software engineer and successful venture capitalist, I could easily buy an island in the Bahamas and, and make it my personal fiefdom, but I, I want to help create the next generation of great software engineers. The Enoch Wise Online Coding Academy uses a mastery-based approach, an approach proven to be a superior method of teaching in only one study which forgot to account for student dropout rates. Here's a sample of one lesson. You'll want to leverage monadic transformation on uh, line 47 here. The, the, com the compiler will become aroused and the ill 3 cache. You might understand half the things Enoch Wise is saying. But once you get your completion certificate, you'll have infinite fuel for blasting new bootcamp grads as not understanding the fundamentals. Finally! You can sit in a corner and build blockchain-based data conveyors that are irrelevant to real humans while feeling superior to everyone. The Enoch Wise Online Coding Academy. When you want to build a career and feed your narcissism. Why do we need to weed people out so much, though? I guess that's my question. The word on the street is that it's incredibly expensive to make a bad hire. But if someone can't code, can't you just fire them? Can you? I've had to, I've, ha I've dealt in a corporate environments where we've had low performers and to fire someone is, you know, like six month performance improvement plan mm -hmm. and do something X, Y, Z and chances are they're probably still not fired at the end of the day. They're just transferred off to another team to be someone else's problem. So firing someone seems extremely hard and also extremely expensive because while you're in the process of firing them, it's not like you have the budget to hire somebody else. Right, but if you need to weed people out, doesn't that show that you clearly aren't... Like the step that led to bring you to bring someone in for the interview... Isn't that a function of that step being flawed that you need to weed people out? People like, lie about what I they guess know. it's the reason you need to ask people fizzbuzz is because their resume says I can code, but you want to make sure they're not lying. But what if you just had another way better than looking at their resume to sort of source these people that obviously can code? I mean, if well, you're I talking guess... about, oh, go ahead, Morgan. It depends on what you mean by weed people out, because ultimately there's a limited number of open roles. But hmm. I think I would argue that it's probably expensive to hire a bad developer, not because any individual developer is particularly bad, but because the way that these companies run, they're not really set up to be a very supportive structure a lot of the times and so it's really just pushing the responsibility of making sure that everything's working on each individual contributor rather than creating a system where they're all set up to work together well so what i'm hearing is things are the way they are because companies are dysfunctional aren't we all i mean i'm dysfunctional so maybe i'm a company
Corporations are people, my friend. You're damn right they are. To be fair, I I think we don't really learn in schools how to work together as a team. Like, pick any mm. any comment on Twitter about a group project, for example. Yeah, you get your grade great individually, right? There are incentives to just do your work on the team project and get your A, right? right. There's no class yeah, where you well, get an also, A as a group or an F as a group. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say... Wow, I love team projects. So I I think we're kind of set up to hate it from the beginning. No one ever, there are some people who apparently prefer take-home tests to in-person interviews, but does anyone ever say, wow, I love take-home interviews? Does anyone ever say I love interviews? <laughs> Listeners at home, if you'd like to come on the Council of Wise Developers to talk about why you love take-home tests... The call is out. Boop, 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 boop. Now let's hear from our partner, the Council on TypeScript Adoption. TypeScript is just better than JavaScript. Using TypeScript is about using the right tool for the job. But since TypeScript is always the right tool for the job, you're an idiot if you don't use it. You know who didn't use TypeScript? The coronavirus. Boo, 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 boo. <clears throat> All right. So my last question for you guys is recruiters. And by recruiters, I really mean external third-party recruiters, not necessarily internal uh, recruiters. But as software developers, do you like them? I'll, I'll take that one first. Um, they can be aggressive at the beginning, but... In the end, if you're trying to leave somewhere, they're pretty good at getting you out. I mean, they can make um, you money at the end of the day, right? That's part of the deal. Right. And they can get you out. Like, if you want, because there's people I know who are stuck at their job who want to mm. leave. They can get you out. They're your get-out-of-jail-free card. But if you're They're kind of like that you... coyotes that will guide you across the border to the next job? I would like to know more about your experience with coyotes because that sounds spiritual I don't mean, in nature. I don't mean literal animals. Coyotes. A... Look, I've watched enough cable dramas to think that I know what I'm talking about on this one, but a coyote <laughs> is someone who guides you across the border from Mexico to the U.S. Wow, I'm uncultured. Um, and in the, I... in the recent Netflix movie, the masterful cinema Army of the Dead, currently playing on Netflix... There is a character referred to as the Coyote who takes the characters into the Waldorf city of Las Vegas. If it's in a Zack Snyder movie, it's science. I was thinking actual animals. I'm like, I want to hang out with those those creatures. Yeah, they are your coyotes. Um, but if you're uh, if you're in a place that you're enjoying or you're satisfying, they're like vultures, like the actual <laughs> animals, not not a person. Um, that's my thought on them. Morgan, have you ever dealt with a third-party recruiter? Yes, primarily from a couple of firms, and I would say that I don't like them. Do you care to name one of those firms? <laughs> Mattress firm. <laughs> uh, so I don't like them. I don't particularly dislike them. I seem to be lucky in that I don't get targeted as often as 
other people, but in every experience with multiple recruiters from both these firms, they'll reach out and I'll respond or they'll reach out twice or three times and I'll respond and suddenly they can't be bothered to talk to me anymore. Well, I would definitely add that when I was in my first year of being a developer and still new and not the most attractive on paper, um, I was ghosted many, many times by external recruiters. Same. Uh, now that certain integers of experience levels have incremented on my resume, as Morgan said, I am targeted by them. If one could do effective networking to get all their jobs, would you ever need tech interviews or external recruiters? I would say it depends on the person. Every few months, there is a casual Twitter poll about did knowing someone let you skip the interview process to show that it's mostly men and mostly white men that get to skip certain parts or all parts due to knowing somebody? Wait, people get to skip the interview phase? I've skipped See? the interview phase before. As it happens, I'm also a white male. Wow. That's, I think, a great point that I think a lot of people who have been in the game for a while realize how painful the interview process is. So if you want to keep your your mobility, you better develop your network. And that might be one of the places where the bias really shows up. Why? Uh, I could only speculate, but because I'll, I'll tell you right now, if every time I needed to get a salary bump or leave a job I didn't like, I had to go through the full interview process. I would consider doing something else other than being a developer. It's so painful wow. and awful. I've always had to do the full interview process. I've just been lucky with packets of questions. Yeah, but you've only jumped once, right? <laughs> That's true. Right. I've interviewed multiple times. Right. You know, but I'm saying jump. every jump involves five to ten yeah. interview processes. Yeah. That's true. Always culminating in one five-hour session. Oh. Yeah. That is my least favorite, is where somehow the only way to figure out if you're a fit or not a serial killer is to sit in 45-minute sessions with five sequential people. That's a big commitment. That's another part where the bias comes in, is if you're not a person with a certain amount of, I guess, economic privilege, and of course, all already working, do you really have the time to spend five hours in multiple processes? Yeah. Okay. Would anyone like to make any parting comments on the issue of interviewing in tech? Just needs a uh, massive overhaul, I think, at the end of the day. Hmm. Standardization. And we can count on companies to lead that effort. I mean, you can count on good people at those companies to lead the effort. Good call. Morgan, I'm going to give you the final word. Yeah, I mean, I'm tempted to joke, just don't interview people. But a part <laughs> of me does wonder what the hiring process and success rate would look like if we did ignore the code part entirely in interviews and just made it more of a discussion. It would probably have to be standardized somehow as to Gil's point about bias and so forth. But I would be curious to see how that would work out. Boop, 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 boop. Now let's hear from our sponsor, the Council on Enterprise Project Management. Hey, developers, 
Are you looking to supercharge your career? Whether you're seeking the manager track or the individual contributor track, understanding project management will give you an edge. Imagine your engineering expertise augmented with the Agility Synergy Specialist Certification. Professionals with this certification have demonstrated that they have the in-demand skills that today's technology enterprise needs. Skills like praising whatever your manager just said, advocating for an agile approach and how software teams are micromanaged into burnout, and finally, defending the Agile methodology like a death cult, even when your organization is crippled by problems totally beyond the ability of any process to solve. The Agility Synergy Specialist Certification is part of the Focused Enterprise Agile Reformation Framework, or FEAR Framework for short. Do you want to get to the next level in your enterprise career? Get the Agility Synergy Specialist Certification. And don't think too hard about which politicians your enterprise company financially supported to get tax breaks. Alright, Morgan, Gil Bates, it's time to play the trivia portion of our meeting. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to share some quotes with both of you. First, I'm going to read the quote twice, just to get it clear. I'm going to do something like begin quote, say the quote, then say the phrase end quote, just so it's clear when it begins and ends. And then you have to guess if this is a quote from an entrepreneur or a quote from a cult leader. I have a lot of faith in you on this one. So begin quote. My whole life I have suffered from poverty and have faced many disappointments and pain like a man is used to. That is why I want to make other people happy and want to them to feel at home. End quote. Okay, one more time, just for clarity. Begin quote, my whole life I have suffered from poverty and have faced many disappointments and pain like a man is used to. That is why I want to make other people happy and want them to feel at home. End quote. Morgan, what are you thinking on that one? Is that an entrepreneur or a cult leader? Uh... I'm not sure, but I've definitely heard an entrepreneur say something at least similar in sentiment to that. So I'm going to guess entrepreneur. I'm sorry, that's not correct. That quote is from oh. Jim Jones, the leader of the People's Temple that literally killed people with Kool-Aid, which is why we have the drink the Kool-Aid uh, cliche now. Good guess, uh, though. Good if guess, we're though. going to be literal, it was Flavor Aid. Gil Bates, you're up next. All right. Here's your quote. Begin quote. Sometimes life hits you in the head with a brick. Don't lose faith. End quote. Oh, that, that's cheesy enough to be enough. Hold on, hold on. One more time. Begin quote. Sometimes life hits you in the head with a brick. Don't lose faith. End quote. Go ahead. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm going to say entrepreneur. And it, it feels easy because it's, it's a quote of no substance. So that's mm. easily entrepreneur to me. Are you saying the cult leaders at least bring substance to the game? That, all I'm saying is entrepreneurs don't. Oh, well, yeah. guess what, buddy? You're right. That's a Steve Jobs quote. Woo! 
Well done. Okay. Round two. Let's go. Morgan, begin quote. Poetry is very important in matters of how technology relates to humanity. End quote. One more time. Begin quote. Poetry is very important in matters of how technology relates to humanity. End quote. What do you think of that, Morgan? Ooh, that almost feels like a curveball. But. Or is it? Right. Because on the one hand, famous technology quote about poetry. But on the other hand, it doesn't sound like really a cult thing. And it doesn't really sound like something the Luddites would say. So uh, I will guess entrepreneur again. No. I'm sorry. That was a quote from Kenneth Raniere, the creator of Nexium. Wow. Not Sounded like an entrepreneur thing to me too, but alas, the internet doesn't lie. Okay. Gil Bates. Ready? This one's a long one. Ready. <clears throat> Begin quote. Let us take this pause in this moment when we find ourselves swimming in the crucible of one of the grandest business and moral battles of our generation and find strength in each stroke of our proverbial digital pens that we wrote with the indelible, internal, and permanent ink of righteousness. End quote. One more time. Begin quote. Let us take this pause in this moment when we find ourselves swimming in the crucible of one of the grandest business and moral battles of our generation and find strength in each stroke of our proverbial digital pens that we wrote with the indelible, eternal, and permanent ink of righteousness, end quote. Gil Bates, that's a lot. It Did all that lot. come from an entrepreneur or a cult leader? Well, again, that, that was a lot. But what did it say? Well, we're back to the substance model. Hmm. Didn't say anything. Um, and as someone who has had tons of experience stroking digital pens, um, I'm going to have to say that's entrepreneur. Thank you. Entrepreneur Thank you. it is, my friend. That is from Shervin Pishavar, investor in Uber and former board member of Uber, defending Travis Kalanick against accusations that we're all true. <laughs> Round three. Morgan. This is a short one. Begin quote. Nothing great should be easy. End quote. One more time. Begin quote. Nothing great should be easy. End quote. How does that strike uh, you? Well, I mean, I feel like at this point I've gotten all the cult leaders and Gil has gotten all the technologists. Mm, but I feel like this could be both. Is that is that a possibility? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Let's consult the rule book. Are we allowed? Uh, that's an. So is that your official guess? Both. I mean, it doesn't seem like an uncommon thing to say. So both. I don't know if it would be in. in wow. the, oh my I'm going to give it to you because that's from Gary V who I wouldn't call a cult leader, but then if you watch a few of his YouTube videos, I'm not sure if he's not a cult leader. If you've read the reviews of his company. Uh, Vanier Media? I mean, uh, Banyer Media? Boehner? <laughs> yes, John Boehner Media. 
what do the reviews say? Uh, well, they say it's like the thing where it's pretending it's not. Aren't we all? Steve, man. All right. Um, all right. Let's do one. Uh, do one more. Gil Bates. Here's a quote for you. Begin quote. Are you making life or is life making you? End quote. One more time. Yeah. Begin quote. Are you making life or is life making you? End quote. See, now this one, this one's tough because. You feeling some substance in that one? A, a little bit, but I'm also feeling like Harvard graduation speech where some guy's up there and that's like it's parting words. Yeah, this could be a shareholder meeting. This this could be shout out. Yeah, this, this could be all of that. I'm gonna have to go with. I, I felt something there, so I'm gonna have to go with cult leader. Wow. wow, you are just killing it. That's from L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology. Wow, more like killing it. <laughs> hey, oh. Uh, sorry, the Council of the Wise Developers Lawyers have asked me to read this statement from the Church of Scientology. We're not a cult. Yes, you are. All right, how do you feel about this? Should we go for a lightning round? I'm good for a lightning sure. round. Let's do it. Air horns in there. Let's reverse it. Gil Bates. Okay. Begin quote. The real strong have no need to prove it to the phonies. End quote. One more time. Oh. Begin quote. The real strong have no need to prove it to the phonies, end quote. Oh, that's my that's my lightning answer. I'm not even going to think about it. Both, you're saying? No, cult. Oh, like, oh, I didn't. Yeah. Like cultivate. Were you designed wow. for this game? That's Charles Manson. I've been around a few cults. Yeah, <laughs> I know Charles. Me and Chuck go way back. Charlie? You're talking about yeah, Charlie? Charlie? All right, so I'm pretty sure Gil Bates has crushed this one, but Morgan, just for the ha-has, here's one more coming your way. Here it comes. This is for the whole sack of potatoes. Begin quote. Grit your teeth and claw your way to success. There's just no easy way to do it, end quote. One more time. Begin quote. Grit your teeth and claw your way to success. There's just no easy way to do it. End quote. Morgan, for the future of the human race, is that an entrepreneur or a cult leader? See, that totally sounds like an entrepreneur, but that's what I thought about the last quote, too. But, but don't I really second don't... guess yourself. I believe in you. Yeah, I don't see a cult leader telling people to claw their way to the top because then they wouldn't be the cult leader. So right. entrepreneur. Would you say there's substance in that quote? No. Me personally? No. Hmm. It's just do it but longer. Just do it. do it. Do it. So what are you saying? Are you saying what I think you're saying? Entrepreneur. Final answer. You have saved humanity. That is Travis Kalanick, the former CEO of Uber. Well done. Gil Bates, Morgan, you have saved humanity. That concludes this meeting of the Council of the Wise Developers. Thank you so much. 
Go forth, spay and neuter your pets. And now for the interview segment. It is at last time. Gaze upon the greatest coder in history. Enoch Wise is our glorious leader of the council, a billionaire transhumanist 10xer on the spectrum. He has pushed git commits from every continent, even Lemuria. Fingerless are his coding gloves. Every company he has ever started as a technical founder has been a stunning success. As long as you don't define success as profitability or sustainability. I give you Enoch Wise. Hello, I I'm Enoch Wise. I'm here with uh, Rod Dannon, founder and CEO of Prentice.co. Hello, Rod. What's up? Thank you for coming to be interviewed on the Council of the Wise Developers. Rod, what is Prentice? Prentice helps boot camps get their grads hired faster. We provide an ecosystem or OS of tools that make things easier from town portals to alumni networks and whatever else we need. Why did you start Prentice.co? Uh, well, I've always wanted to get people into jobs, so that's always been a big interest. Huh. And then, and then going into after well, after COVID, I closed down a last startup, but I worked with a bunch of different bootcamp grads and saw it was like way too hard for even talented people to get into the industry and experiment with different models. You know, initially it was a unpaid internship marketplace, but didn't want to scale unpaid internships. And then just talking it to recruiters, VPs engineering, students ended up with our current model. So we white label our software for bootcamps. White label your, your software for boot camps. Yes. So Rod, who needs Prentice? Boot camps need us to help serve their grads and partners. It seems like the labor market for software engineers has been flooded with the boot camp graduates. Yeah. Can Prentice solve that? Um, yes. So what we want to do is I, with, with all these junior engineers come to the market, you have basically attack of the clones. Uh, but we want to differentiate each of these people as they come into the market. So that's why in the talent portal with our, with our profiles there, we don't just say, Hey, here's another person that doesn't have experience, which is what, you know, resume says we try to show and highlight previous job experience. We highlight projects, personality, stuff that actually matters because this, that's what, hiring managers said they look for from junior engineers. So that's part one. Um, then it's ease of access. So having these talent portals and eventually talent marketplace, making it as easy as possible to hire these grads, both through filtering and stuff like that, but also through uh, interview scheduling. So integrating calendars, ATSs, we want to make sure they get through the process as quickly as possible. So it's the preferred choice for hiring. Okay. So is there any way Prentice can be leveraged to lower the wages of software engineers? Because as an owner of companies, one of the largest costs is software engineers. Is there any way we can pay them legally below, say, minimum wage? <laughs> um, 
not below minimum wage. Uh, the best, I would say, in terms of getting not with that attitude. <laughs> well, it, you know, well, these people, you know, they, they come up with skills. Yes, they don't have experience, but they, they're going to provide value, especially if you invest in them. And if you go minimum wage from day one, yeah, you're probably not going to get anybody good and you're not going to keep them long. That That is a fair point. I have to acknowledge that. But I, I like to think of boot camp grads as, as uh, hires we can pit against each other, a Thunderdome style, and only the strong emerge to be paid a living wage. Do you find that's a good idea? M- maybe not as graphically, but what you could do, one of the ideas that we have is to basically have more, more contracting and internship stuff. So you could basically have them try out try and work with maybe two to four uh, interns at one time. And then whoever's the best survives and gets paid a, a living wage, as you say. Uh, it's very capitalistic of you. I love that. <laughs> well, will Prentice help to replace programmers with deep, with deep learning nodes? Uh, never that, but if we can help. Never? Never that we don't want to. You can't replace a human. Uh, so yeah. my my background's in in data science and like even with all the data in the world, you're never gonna replace the human personality, ingenuity, ideas. You can only give AI ideas that you provide from a human. You've never talked to Ray Kurzweil, I assume. Who's Ray Kurzweil? The singularity is near. Age of spiritual machines. Pretty sure, according to his prediction, the singularity is going to happen in about eight minutes. Well, we got to hurry up this podcast then. But we better, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, but the closest thing to AI is the Alexa in my house. Is does Alexa integrate with Prentice? In the future, maybe, maybe like Alexa, give me the give me the best people for my company, and then they can go to the boot camp and find those exact people. But. It's a great idea. You will owe me royalties for that idea, though, because I, I helped you arrive at that, though. Um, is, is Prentice written in, in Haskell? Um, Haskell. What, what, the what programming is that? Language, language. Haskell. Language. The ultimate programming language that only the greatest software engineers can master. You use that for you, for your service, yes? I do not, but tell me, tell me what are the, what are the pros of Haskell? What makes it the GOAT? The pro is that it's Haskell, and the con of everything else is that it's not Haskell. But what if it's a hassle to learn? Uh, does not compute. Um, Rod, have you considered adding a, a, a dating app feature to Prentice? Well, yes. Yeah, so, so a lot of our profiles and matching is designed based off of dating profiles because you know it's when when someone doesn't have experience it's less about what they've done in the past and more about how well will you work with them and just like you know hinge has a basically like a blog feature we have like prompts for these people to tell their personality so it's similar i mean actually make a bad decision over the weekend dating app because I hear the data brokers will pay massive fees to get access to all that data on people's behaviors. That's another uh, free. That one's I, that one's free. You can have that idea for free without royalties. Okay, so if I, if I have that one for free, I can go explore it a little bit more. Um, but you know, may, may, maybe we do have dating in the future because 
uh, coders like coders, designers like designers. I would never date a, a product owner. Completely exactly. well, compatible. You're you're with code, so obviously not a product owner. We'd only match you up with Haskell coders. Exactly. You're you're listening. How many microchips do you have uh, embedded in your skin uh, right right now? Uh, I got I got two shots of the vaccine, so at least two. What what does Bill Gates say about uh, the future of Azure? Listen very carefully. What is he saying? He says, buy Microsoft stock and continue to use Teams. So, um, Sounds about right. Yeah, we might have to move this, this video chat to Teams. Rod, what, what is your daily biohack microdosing regimen? How, how do you keep yourself at the top of your game with with chemicals? Um, microdosing w- would not be a bad idea, but um, in terms of keeping peak performance, sleep obviously. If your brain isn't rested, then your ideas will be trash. Then you have to go to the gym, yoga, meditation, and keeping everything organized you know if you have if you have everything in your head your head your head's going to explode you got to write down put it in a project management tool i i haven't slept in 16 years i just keep taking more amphetamines that's that's another thing but maybe maybe you're just drifting through life now you know maybe you're you're sleeping but awake you you're making me uncomfortable <laughs> Uh, Rod, uh, what do you think the future of the software en- engineer hiring market is? Um, I think it's going to change a lot. I think it's going to have to go mo- less from resumes because I think generally coders are not the best at writing and resumes are really an exercise in writing. So going away from that, making it more project-oriented, uh, maybe freelance projects to start, and and not even like those those aptitude tests because aptitude tests can be like multiple choice, which you can Google answers and don't really tell you much. But yeah, m- more just seeing actual trials of work. When I take an IQ test, there's an electrode that shocks you with every wrong answer, and I emerge un- unscathed. So, so your IQ is uh, Mensa level, I'm guessing. It's 10x Mensa level. Ah, from the Grant Cardone school. Rod, it is humanity's destiny to, to ascend beyond deprecated flesh and join together in, in one ascendant cloud-based hive mind microservice. Uh, how will Prentice get us closer to the singularity salvation? Hmm. Well, the bigger we grow, the more mind share we can get, um, and maybe eventually integrate into a singularity if it makes sense to get people hired. So you you're saying right now that you will grow large enough to acquire all of the fang companies and consolidate their data centers. We heard so it here first. Get, once we get enough agents inside, we can we could probably infiltrate that tech. We'll- 
uh, we'll bleep that out in case uh, Jeff Bezos is listening. Uh, Rod, just a few more questions. Thank you so much for coming on the Council of the Wise Developers. Rod, why is everyone so bad at programming compared to me? Um, well, I guess one, they don't use Haskell. Uh, there's too, yeah, too many, exactly. too many Java, JavaScript people. Script kiddies. Exactly. So, so infin- inferior languages will obviously make people not a good coder. Um, then maybe, maybe sunglasses. I think, I think they're, they, you know, since you, you got the sunglasses on that helps your eyes so you could code longer, but this is not a biologist. Rookie mistake. These are my eyes. They're implanted. I can see through your skull. <laughs> Rod, if you if you could have uh, your brain uploaded into a combat robot, would you want to be a tank robot with a giant awesome gun or a flying drone with whooshing missiles? You said whooshing sails? Whooshing missiles. Missiles. Ah. Well, I've, I've honestly always wanted to fly, so... I think I think the drone would definitely be preferable. Plus, I'd be a, a little bit slimmer, I think, versus a tank. All right, Rod. One last question. To the second, how long until Prentice is worth one point five billion dollars? Um, let's see, five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred. So that's how many in a year. Uh, probably around. million seconds. Okay. I had it a little higher, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see who gets it right. How can people find out more about Prentice and find you on the interwebs? Yeah, so so Prentice, the website is Prentice.co. They ever want to check that out. Uh, So if a boot camp needs it, you know where to find it. Uh, if you want to find me or maybe you need help with any sort of job search tips or whatever you need, LinkedIn or Twitter. So LinkedIn is just my name, Rod Dannon. Twitter is Rod underscore Dannon. Do you have an API endpoint people can hit with a web client? An EBI? Or a web API endpoint for your brain directly to bypass the annoying uh, gatekeepers? So it's on the roadmap, but Still building a lot of features apprentice, so I've said that to a product owner before. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you want to add uh, for the council of the wise developers and those who listen while we're still talking? Um, I guess check out Haskell because you've hyped it up. So might might be the future over here. Damn right. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Rod, for coming on the Council of the Wise Developers. You may leave now. All right. Thanks for having me. Please leave. The Council of the Wise Developers is a satire podcast focused on technology. Our goal is to first make you laugh, but also to make you question what you already think. That means we may offend you by challenging what you currently believe. Shouting profanities at your screen is not discouraged. If you want to learn more about what we're doing, visit councilofthewise.dev. If you believe we've made a mistake in seeking our mission, we value feedback from our subscribers. Thank you for listening.
Earlier in the episode, we mentioned the mass suicide orchestrated by Jim Jones in Guyana. It's worth noting, though that we have a cliche, drinking the Kool-Aid, the beverage that killed many folks was actually Flavor-Aid. Many of the folks who committed suicide may have been under threat of lethal force if they attempted to flee. Evidence suggests that children may have been injected with cyanide to remove a reason to live for the parents and increase compliance with mass suicide. And Jim Jones even had a U.S. congressperson killed. Thus, Jim Jones and the so-called Kool-Aid incident may be better described as a mass murder. 